this is the podcast going beyond salvation and this is episode 21 of season three and this is your host Jess Robinson so today we are continuing on in Joshua we're just going to talk briefly a little bit of in 15 or 14 15 uh not spend too much of a time on it but the thing that I wanted to point it out was the character Caleb uh, Caleb, as we all know, is he, and if you've been doing the daily reading, he was another one that was spared. He had, was one of the, the spies that had brought a good report the first time around, and he was able to come see the promised land. So there was only Joshua and Caleb, and it was because Caleb had remained faithful to God, and he received fully his promised inheritance. And when we look at his life and we see in this, you know, he receives the promise, but he still makes sure to finish strong and continue to do what the Lord tells him to do. And, you know, and we can see his life. It it illustrates, you know, the believer's faithfulness and acceptance of the father's promises under the new covenant, which is the Holy Spirit. And, after repentance and the acceptance of God's new covenant terms, we have to go on to receive whatever spiritual gifts God wishes to bestow. And how you do that is you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have to show the fruit of the Spirit. And that only comes as you develop, you know, your relationship with the Lord, you're reading your word and and allowing Christ to, to transform you and to demonstrate wisdom. And so all of these are the proper inheritance of those filled with the spirit and power. So essentially he, you know, goes and he, he finishes the race strong. And it's just something that as believers, you know, I'm a strong proponent of, well, not proponent, but I'm, I strongly believe in, in being baptized in, in, in the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's, it's biblical. It's, it's sound doctrine in the Bible. The disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So are we, you know, it, it's hasn't died. The gifts of the spirit are still alive. And we're going to talk about that, especially as we go through the new Testament after the book of Acts, uh, in going through Paul's letters, we will discuss those things, but it's a huge thing to to continue on. And even Paul, you know, he tells Timothy in one of his last letters that I have finished the race. And he's always constantly using the term of finishing the race. And it's just because we, we see this, you know, people may think this life is like a sprint. And yes, life goes by fast, but it's not a sprint. We have to treat it like a marathon. And you see how marathon runners are. You know, I have my my sister loves to run 5k's and she's always training and and even my our pastor in Laramie he loved to run marathons and, and 5k's and they're always constantly training they're always working on improving their time slowly by you know training their muscles and and training their lungs and 
and, and continuing to increase the distance. And they always have this, they have a workout regimen. And it's just the same way with us believers, that it's a, a marathon. And even when I watch my, my sister, I, when I watched her run, the, the Montana women's run, I was watching her and she was pacing herself. She wasn't sprinting to get to the finish line. She was focused on pacing herself. So she would, you know, speed up and then she'd slow down and she would get into this rhythm of how to run or in her run. And she wasn't focused on being the first one to win the race. She was focusing on finishing the race and she essentially you know and and she has like goals that she wants to improve her time and and all of that and improve the distances she can run and and all of that but her focus is is to finish the race and that's the same way with you know our our pastor that was in Laramie he would focus on finishing the race and it wasn't there to win. It was, he was focused on completing it. And that's how it should be. You know, we should focus on, you know, what, what is at the end of the race and, you know, at the end of this life. And as believers, we have that promise of, of eternity. And so we need to finish strong. We just can't hold back and, um, just be complacent with our life and, and let our life just go by. We have to continue to run the race, continue to be strong in, a, in our relationship with the Lord, continue to read our Bible and fellowship with other believers and, and moving forward. And so that's just something that really spoke to me is, is Caleb. He finally saw the promised land, but he... He continued on. He knew what place he wanted to conquer and he continued to make sure. And he made sure that even his daughter had an inheritance as well, you know. And that's something that we have to focus on is, is those who we're going to raise up, you know, this next generation so that when we pass on, if Jesus doesn't come back by the time we pass on, that there's this new generation taking on the torch. I believe in having churches where there's different generations. There's both, you know, kids and teenagers all the way to older people, you know, up to the senior citizen level. So that's just something I believe in. And that is what makes a healthy church is you have both the young and the old there. And so that was just what really spoke to me. So we're going to take a quick break and go to Proverbs. So we're back in Proverbs. And so we had 10, 11, and 12. So in verse 10, it says, He who winks maliciously causes grief, and a chattering fool comes to ruin. So when you think about those who cause hurt and, and continue to live on in sin, you know, blatant sin, you know, they, they do cause grief around, you know, we think that what we do doesn't necessarily affect somebody, 
but it does. And, and so it causes grief. And then, you know, we've talked about the chattering fool, one that does not gain wisdom that, you know, is just going and going and going into destruction. And yeah, they're going to cause and go into their own end because they're, they're always talking. They're not listening. They're not gaining wisdom and they're going to end up going into their own ruin because they're, they're so focused on themselves. So that's just something that we, we see in verse 10 and then it jumps into verse 11 and it says the mouth of, of the righteous is a fountain of life, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. So when you think of the, the mouth of the righteous, you know, and Jesus says that he is the river of life and, and that when you have Jesus, that there's this abundant streams of life and you know, when we know and follow God's ways, we'll, we'll lead others into the full life given by God. You know, the living water, and we, I'm going to back up a little bit, you know, in Ezekiel chapter 47, in John chapter 4, verse 14, in cha- John chapter 7, verse 38, or 7, chapter 7, verse 38, the, the spirit, the Holy Spirit that's within us in living and dwelling within us is regarded as the source of living water, which is, you know, Jesus. And, you know, this living water, it flows through the believer and it brings eternal life to others. You know, it, we should pray continually that the Holy Spirit is going to flow through us to bring life and blessing to others. That's something that we should always be doing it's just saying you know another saying of let your life be a testimony that Jesus is out of the grave be a blessing to others because and that's what you should have in your mind is is letting your life bless others you know not just focusing on yourself but blessing others and and being a testimony to others Instead of having violence, violence overwhelms the wicked. And we, I, I see in that area too is people who are very violent in their language and how they speak and how they act around people. They're really focused on themselves a lot. They're not focused about blessing others. They're focused on themselves and, and getting what they need all the time. That's just something that we can't that we shouldn't focus on. We should focus on, on how we can bless others. And then in verse 12, it says, hatred stirs up dissension, but love covers all wrongs. When you think about love, and I mean, God is love. And what he did with Jesus is that, you know, he sent his one and only son on the cross to forgive our sins. That really is a big example of what love covers all wrongs. He didn't come to bring, and we'll talk about this division thing that's in the, in, in the book of Luke a little bit, but hatred is what, dis, you know, hatred brings division. It brings hurt. It brings pain. When you allow unforgiveness in your heart, when you allow, um, 
to live yourself, live your life offended and living with offense, you start bringing division between people because of, because offense leads to anger and it'll end up to betrayal. You know, at least, you know, it's a trail and hatred is part of that and it brings division. And so, but a person, because God, he's so forgiving, he's so merciful, a person, and we're supposed to be Christ-like, and that includes loving others with the same unconditional love that covers over the wrongs, where we don't focus on the the wrongs all the time, but we just cover it, you know, and, and say, I forgive them, you know. So, those were the three verses that we had for Proverbs, and we'll just continue on with Proverbs as we go, and so I'm gonna, we're going to jump into a quick break and then jump into Luke. So, here we are. Uh, in the book of Luke, and the next part, we jump into verse 49, and is dealing about peace, or not bringing peace, but division. And we kind of talked about that a, a little bit in, in the book of Matthew. And see, Jesus was called the Prince of Peace. But when you think about it, you know, he is the Prince of Peace, and he brings peace. And you gain peace when, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and, and Savior, but essentially, Jesus and the gospel does bring division because we're divided from the world and sin. We're divided away from, we're separated, is how I should say, we're separated from the world and sin. And, and because of that, you're going to come across, there's always going to be friction with somebody that doesn't share the same beliefs as you. And sadly, we live in a time where if somebody doesn't have the same beliefs as you, you know, and you don't agree, you know, essentially there's a lot of bitterness. Now, and and there are people that are so against the gospel that 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 they would rather kill and hurt Christians. And because of that, there is division. And we do see that, you know, I I know people that especially missionaries, they have to be careful, like when they're in in countries that the gospel is not widely accepted. It's actually illegal to convert somebody to Christianity. You could actually die or um, be tortured and killed. And so, and there are some religions that out there that when somebody is converted to Christianity, especially in some countries, essentially they, they lose their family. Their family has to disown them. And so because of that, and they could actually lose their life as well. And so they, they really count the cost when it comes to accepting Jesus because essentially it means losing their family and it could even mean losing their life. It can mean losing their livelihood, their citizenship, whatever it, it could be. And so, you know, but, you know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And, 
it's just so amazing to serve him and it's just worth you know and I know I've come across persecution in in small forms uh, especially being a newspaper reporter of all things uh, I've come across that that friction and essentially it does it it's it's hard because you feel almost rejected but at the same time you know you have to think about which is greater and and you know the love of Jesus is greater than the acceptance of man and I'd rather take that you know I'd rather lose my livelihood I'd rather lose everything only to gain Jesus so that's just the attitude that I have and then there's uh, interpreting the the times and this is an interesting thing because interpreting the times he was speaking to the Israelites he was speaking to the religious leaders because they had not heard from God for 400 years. There hadn't been prophet. And all of a sudden, there's Jesus, but there's so much doubt. They're, they were so clouded. And he was saying, you know, you can tell the times with the weather, what the seasons are going to be. But you can't see before you the times that are being fulfilled. And so that's what he's essentially talking about. And even today, I'm the same way, you know, I'm going, you guys don't see what the times that are being fulfilled and, and how much closer we are to, to Jesus coming back. And so it's just one of those things that, you know, as a believer, I can relate to what Jesus says. It's, you know. Because people think that they can just go live their life. They want to go live their life and sow their wild oats and then accept Jesus later. And it's like, how do you know, you know, that you aren't going to die the next day? You know, you just don't know. You know, you can't determine those seasons and times. So That was interpreting the times. And then we get into chapter 13. And there's this um, one about the, the, the blood of the Galileans. He was pretty much that was mixed with the sacrifices. And what it was, was he was saying, do you think they were about much as words of sinners? You know, No. You know, he was pretty much saying, unless you repent, you too will all perish. So, he was really dealing with a lot of religious hypocrisy in that time. And so, he he's addressing that. And he goes to this parable, and it, it's mainly, you know, refers primarily to Israel about the fruit. But... It's also for us as well. We can take that. That is such a truth that applies to us. That especially for believers who fail to turn from sin. You know, God gives everyone sufficient opportunity to repent. And it's not just believers. Um, 
well, yeah, it's for those who believe in Jesus and, and they fail, you know, to turn from sin, you know, even though he gives everyone a chance to repent and turn from their sins, there's going to be a time that he's not going to tolerate it forever. You know, he's not going to tolerate sin forever. And he, there's going to time, be a time when his grace is going to be withdrawn and they're unrepentant or punished without mercy. And so that's just something that we have to be very cautious about. You know, if the, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you that that sin, flee from it. Flee from it and run from, run to God. And, you know, that's just something. Don't, don't linger around it. Don't welcome it into your home. Just continue to run the race. And so that is something that we need to be very, very diligent about. And, and letting the fruit of the Spirit, as I was saying at the beginning, is just kind of coming back around. Just keep running that race and finish strong. And, and just flee from the youthful desires that, that come, you know. And so that's what I wanted to talk about in this podcast. So for, for the next pos- podcast, we're going to go over Joshua... Uh, chapter 16 through 18 and we'll read psalm 49 verses 16 through 20 and then proverbs 10 we're going to go over verses 13 14 and 15 and then luke chapter 13 verses 10 through 30 and so i'm just going to end in a prayer and i just want to say thank you lord jesus for who you are lord Lord, we just give you the glory, Lord. And I just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit just come upon us, Lord. Lord, we just welcome you to move in our lives and just open the the doors for us to be used through the spiritual gifts and allow the fruit of the Spirit to begin to form in our lives as we become more like you. And that, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to strengthen us to run the race and to... Be like Caleb and just finishing strong this race, Lord God, and allowing you just to be glorified and magnified. And we just thank you and give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys. Mm-hmm.